Hey, Dan. Yes, Jessica? You want to do a podcast? Okay. So, Jessica, are yes. you ready to visit the past? As long as we can go back to the future after. We absolutely can. We're going to the future time. I mean, the past time of the year 2000 AD to talk about at least the second or third greatest Christian punk song about Back to the Future. <laughs> Hello, McFly by Reliant Man. K. Only the second or third greatest? It doesn't even get top billing? I know of three, which we'll get to later. Wow. So it's got to be in the top three. Oh, man. But I'm not... I, I, I can't decide... Where have I been that I've been missing? I, I've just been sleeping on all of this great Christian Back to the Future content. You have been, but we're here to uh, set, that, set, set that right. So, Relying K. Not just a band, but the album... And on their first album, the first song was Hello McFly. It was. It was. And it is. It is. And it remains and forever will be. So. Also, first song off of 2000 ADD. Yes. Which is the EP. Yes. Which I own a copy of. So I was, I don't even know how I got this. I, I think I got it off their merch table back at the time when this album was new or maybe even around the time the second album came out but it, it it lets me know that the album came out on april 25th 2000 wow. where were you do you remember yeah, everyone remembers where they were when the self-titled reliant k album came out april 25th the year 2000 i don't specifically um, remember but i guess that when i get into my delorean and i type that date in we're gonna find out probably in middle school doing something Ken, now you get an idea of our general ages. Yes. Well, Danny's a little older. I'm a little older. So actually, the first time I saw this album was in, can you guess it, the Christian bookstore. So we didn't get this into this too much in the... We didn't get into this at all in the, in the Zero episode, but I was... So to give a little sort of background on me that maybe we didn't care about in the Zero episode, I was always into, like, grunge rock... I was a crappy little grunge kid growing up when I was in middle school. I'm a little older than you, so when I, I was a little grunge kid, and oh I, wait, you can remember like new Nirvana? No, I can't. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, technically, I could have, but I just missed the oh, boat. Oh, I on thought that. that you watched them on MTV. Yes, I did. The year the year that he died, oh. because in the year following his death, they were constantly playing Nirvana stuff on MTV in 1995. So. When I was growing up, as a kid in middle school, I was into grunge, MTV stuff. Eventually, I discovered MXPX, and you would think from all of this I was only into Christian music, but the fact was, my parents were not terribly like strict about music, so I was actually starting to get into like pop punk, skate punk, really getting into ska music, like I'm sh- uh, like horribly so. Like it'll be a reference point for me constantly. I've never let ska die. Danny's a big in ska our fan. home. Our yeah. home ska's been alive forever. So eventually, and the thing was, I was raised Christian. I was raised in a Christian home. We weren't like the strictest Christian family, but 
to me, a Christian bookstore was just an extra record store, especially when I was in like high school and middle school, because that was prime time for having all of this like Christian punk. So I could go to the regular record store, Tower Records or whatever, and I could get like, you know, godless heathen skate punk. (laughs) And then I could go to the Christian bookstore and I'd be like, hey, what looks like, you know, it isn't worship music. And like, and I saw this cover and where these, you know, young fellows were <laughs> <laughs> jumping over the the hurdles. I'm like, that looks young. That looks hip. That looks like what I'm into. So that's how I discovered Reliant K. And I listened on the little listening station there. And I recently remembered the first time I would have seen Reliant K live. I have to dig to figure this out in the future. I think it was like a tour with the Supertones or something. And they actually, Reliant K didn't make it to that tour. They didn't make it to Boston that night somehow, some way. I don't know if they canceled that leg. They, they had to cancel that section of the tour. They just didn't make it. They just didn't make it to Boston that night. But I bought this record like off of the shelf at the Christian bookstore just based off of the fact that it looked, you know, like sort of pop punk type stuff. I was already, you know, I was listening to Tooth and Nail type things. I was listening to Fat Records. And so I got this and... Yeah, right off the bat, Hello McFly. I'm like, hey, they're referencing awesome movies, awesome timeless movies that everyone will always love and that True nobody that. can criticize. It's great. So I had not discovered Reliant K yet, like when this album came out. Um, although I think around this time I did buy a different uh, track-themed uh, album. <laughs> Weird Al's Running With Scissors. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the Get Up Kids four minute mile. I was like, oh, she's she's so emo. <laughs> I am so emo. Yeah. I actually bought the uh, self titled album in I I, I want to say like January or February of two thousand four. Which, um, if you listen to our zero episode, I mentioned that that was my my introduction to Reliant K was on a uh, youth group trip, and I grew up Christian. But it wasn't like I was totally allowed to listen to secular music. I did not know the difference between like secular and non-secular when I'm... Wait, did I do it right? Did I say the right thing? Okay, That's correct. See, I didn't (laughs) know... See, you weren't raised in that thing. I was not raised in that. And I didn't even know like that terminology until I met Danny. And he would talk about like secular and non-secular. And I'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like music was just music. Like I knew that like I would go to the Christian bookstore with my mom. And I knew that there were like, they would only sell certain artists there. Like they would only sell Christian artists. But I didn't really think about it because... It was more of like, I guess I just assumed it was like all praise and worship because my mom would take me to like family Christian bookstores to get her like, her like, wow, worship 1999 CDs. It's a classic year. That's a fine vintage worship CD. I mean, you've got like, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And you've got, Lord, I lift your name on high. There's a lot of good stuff. That's actually how I discovered the insiders was because I got Scalaluyah one and two you're just after my heart right now i so you're speaking ska to me <laughs> but this is a reliant k podcast so um all things lead back to ska <laughs> that's what we'll ultimately <laughs> learn on this podcast they do have a song about five iron frenzy so yeah i was probably like 16 at the time maybe 17 and i 
went to the Virgin Megastore and looked up Reliant K and this was the only album that they had. But by now, it, this was like 2004, so it was, but it was pre, mm-hmm. So it was like Anatomy of Tongue in Cheek and Two Lefts Don't Make a Right, but Three Do were already out. So I got the self-titled album and I remember being like, I didn't know. So because I had listened to the album on a bus, I didn't know the names of any of the songs. Like I just asked like the youth pastor who it was and they were like Reliant K. So I just knew to look for Reliant K. And I remember being kind of bummed that they didn't have it, but loving like the album anyway. Like they had a like I loved it because I'm like, they talk about Back to the Future and Nancy Drew and like (laughs) things that I love. And there's like Charles in Charge, which I vaguely heard of, but I like the 80s. So I'm down. So many references. So many references. That's what I always used to. And that's one of the reasons why I actually really like Reliant K. And I know our nostalgia is for those first four and five albums. Absolutely. Is that I've always loved bands that have like high concept songs. Like, yes, like, you do. I, that's what I really like yes, the most. Yes, you do. So, like, some of my favorite bands have been, like, you know, like, uh, you know, some of those bands. Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> They might be Giants. <laughs> oh, They Might Be Giants is a big one. Uh, MXPX has some high concept songs where they also have some more, like, universal sort of ethereal concept songs. And then I guess the thing is the difference. Five Iron Frenzy. Five Iron Frenzy have a lot of high concept songs. You know so much about music, and you pretend that you don't. <laughs> I know so much about you. Uh, that's another thing, though, is that so even though I played different instruments growing up, there wasn't like a really big emphasis on music in my household. It was like my dad's a big like jazz guy, specifically smooth jazz. So I listened to a lot of smooth jazz growing up. Like my my second ever concert, live concert that I went to was Kenny G. And I was stoked because I listened to like Kenny G and and Boney James and like all of those smooth jazz guys with my dad. And then my mom would just listen to like oldies and praise and worship, I guess. I just want to state for the listener that when she first said smooth jazz, she gave me the double guns <laughs> pointing like she pointed at me with both fingers. Smooth jazz. And I don't even think she knew she did it. I didn't. So, so for me, my parents were not like huge music people either. Like we didn't have records in the house growing up. I don't know. I think it was just me figuring out like I'm bored. I like music and trying to sift through what was popular and find what I liked. And then just, you know, it's luckily it was, this was the mid nineties. So there was whatever mid nineties pop and oh, my parents played a lot of country in the house. They don't play country now. I think they only played country because it was like relatively clean. I cannot imagine my mom, either of your parents listening to country now. My mom, I know, yeah. They're That's not country a, people. No. It's just like a, before there was like safe for the little ears radio. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, there's country music. That's sort of safe for the little ears. But yeah, we, we never like... 90s, uh, country was big in the 90s. Like Icky Breaky Heart and stuff. Like yeah. that was, it's, oh my gosh. So this is weird, weird, completely off topic story. So my grandmother used to smoke a very specific type of cigarette and don't smoke kids. <laughs> so my grandmother smoked these specific cigarettes and they came with like one of the promotions they were doing were these collectible cards that were like music of each decade. 
like each era's sort of music. So it was like 40s was swing and 50s was like rock and roll. And then I don't remember what 60s were, but it was like 70s. They had sort of like classic rock kind of thing going on. And when I got to 90s, it was country. Oh, weird. And I was like, this is so <laughs> weird. And this was probably like in like when I when she got these, it was probably in like the the mid like early to mid 2000s. And I was like, that's so weird because that was not a thing I would ever identify as that because my family just didn't li- us despite living in the South in the 90s, we lived in Atlanta, Georgia. During that time, I never associated the 90s specifically with country. That the right. 90s are for the Spice Girls and <laughs> yeah. Aqua. <laughs> and Reliant K. And Reliant K. <laughs> Although this album came out in the year 2000. Still, they were around before. Um, yeah, so I guess in my house, like, my parents weren't, my parents weren't, just like they weren't really for you, like your parents, like, certain types of background music and certain yeah. types of like non-offensive music and by non-offensive i don't mean the lyrics i just mean like it just generally just flavors the room it doesn't yeah. like it doesn't yeah. take up your mind it yeah. doesn't preoccupy your your senses whereas i was just like i like music i want to figure this out and i would listen to the radio and and at the time rock music was big in the 90s and eventually i figured out like i actually like like punk music and ska music and all this stuff so it led me back you know that's where i eventually got to this and i liked the bands with the high concept songs Mm -hmm. and the little story songs and the funny songs and that kind of stuff which is part of the reason why i love reliant k and um hello mcfly which we haven't really talked about but right off the bat i love the 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 bass line oh that's oh this is a good segue to mention as we talk about our own relationships with music that in this podcast we are not musicians which is kind of a um (laughs) no we're not because you grew up (laughs) playing instruments and i tried playing guitar at different points but you and me and so many other song by song podcasts and album by album podcasts i listen to everybody's a musician yeah and i've like met people from from podcasts and I've met people who listen to podcasts and everyone's a musician and we're not musicians. We are not. We are filmmakers actually. (laughs) (laughs) But I say we are here to democratize, which is the most (laughs) punk rock thing of all. Isn't, doesn't punk rock love democracy? Yes, absolutely. That's what I was raised to believe. So we're here to democratize (laughs) and I can just say, Hey, let's go with it and not be musicians and have a music podcast. Damn the man. Damn him. So, Hello McFly, so how did you feel the first time you heard this song? Because I know this wasn't the first Reliant K song you heard, but it's the first time you put a Reliant K song in your own yeah. player, and it's like that opening bass. Brum, brum, brum. I was feel? definitely, like, stoked. I was definitely into it. Like, I love, like, that, like you said, that opening bass line. Yeah. It's, and it's a thing about, like, a lot of Reliant K music is that it, this is so cheesy, but it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, positive and peppy, and you just, I don't know, it's just fun. I will say that as we've been, like, getting ready to record this show, and I've been listening to more Reliant K, listening back to this album, I was like, this album's a little rougher than I remember. Mm-hmm. Just around the edges, like, there's this thing now, like, the volume wars, where, like, all music is just turned up so loud, and, like, every instrument is just up to the loudest. Like, there's no levels, there's no quiet moments. This is a thing that they talk about in music nowadays, right? This is like the. I'm opp- sorry. I'm I'm only familiar with the Dr Pepper Wars. 
Look it up on YouTube, folks. <laughs> Dr. Pepper Wars were a very violent, horrible time in this country, and it is not funny to joke about. I'm sorry, you are, you are completely right. I can't believe we just really turned it around from there. It's incredible where we've come as a society. Well, anyway, this album, despite like it having sort of the rough recording and the guitar and the vocals and... I mean, if if there's some if there's a criticism I've sort of thought about is that Matisse and singing on this album it's sort of just it's it is more of a talking singing. Mm-hmm. I realize he doesn't have like he didn't on this album he didn't really have a like super melodic voice. I think it's something he really gained pr- probably by the second album and then really carried into the later mm-hmm. albums. But like everything on this album just feels very low as well. Like the everything feels kind of st- like. Like it's like I was saying, it's the opposite of the volume wars. Like it is very everything's everything feels mixed low. Like no one thing feels really mixed high. It also makes it sort of sort of at the time I was like, oh, this is really cool and indie, but I was way wrong <laughs> because <laughs> they, because to be honest, Reliant K, like they, they get categorized as pop punk or sort of that sort of thing, but really, like I think even they. As I recall, when I used to see them live a lot during these first three albums, they would come through Boston a lot when I was a kid, is that they um, they didn't really like being categorized as punk. And nowadays, in 2019, the word pop punk actually gets thrown around with, like, pride. Mm-hmm. The word pop punk actually wasn't, like, a prideful thing in the year 2000. Like, you, no, were, it you wasn't. were just punk. And if you were pop punk, that meant more, like, that was more akin to maybe... You were, maybe, like, a poser. That was poser yeah. punk. Yeah. That's how, yeah, that's definitely how I felt about it at the time. So people used to label them as punk. But I remember Matt Thiessen actually saying, like, we're not really punk. We're just sort of like rock, you know, but they obviously were a little faster. Their guitars were, you know, sort of had that driving sort of edge to them. So they would get categorized like that. Yeah, it's funny. I've heard them categorized as punk before. And I was always like, because I was into the Ramones and stuff. And I was like, this isn't like, I would listen to Reliant Kane. I'm like, this is not at all punk. And it's so funny because actually today, for the first time ever, I took out Danny's um, old Reliant K CD collection and I put on their very, very, very first album, All Work and No Play. And I put it in and I was like, oh my gosh, this is punk. And as I was listening, I was like, oh wow, now I understand. So I wonder if this if this album like made it around enough to to different music people that they just blindly categorize them that way because mm-hmm. it does have like it has a very punk sound to it versus like all of their like actual mainstream albums right i mean i think in general anything that's like faster and has sort of driving guitars like you know ramones what starts as ramone style guitars mm-hmm. just sort of gets labeled as punk but mm-hmm. like it's like chuck e cheese commercials have that stuff you know it's not really they're not even trying to be punk so many bands do that kind of guitar and they're not trying to be punk they're just like yeah we'll put a little punk ish mm-hmm. guitar in this so i think that's sort of where reliant k was is like no we're just gonna be i, I almost sort of see reliant k more akin it's like more akin to like a weezer band you know what i mean like i actually think of weezer as sort of like a pop punk-esque thing when i originally mm-hmm. learned about them when they when there was just the blue album mm-hmm. but they're not really a pop punk band but you could say almost the way some bands like the Lemonheads are labeled as like pop punk or the Goo Goo Dolls early stuff was labeled as like pop punk. I know, I know, but I'm, I'm not even making, kidding. Sorry, I've been making crazy <laughs> faces. Face. <laughs> so really I guess we should punk. talk a little bit more about this song. And uh, 
since we're since you know it rocks i think we can all agree to that (laughs) we can all agree that it rocks i love this song this is one of my favorite songs off this album i definitely um am am guilty of being one of those people that skips around on an album so like i'll i'll be like yeah i love this album but like i only listened to three four songs off that album so i definitely was guilty of that with this one and i think i probably did a lot of just skipping between hello mcfly charles in charge 17 magazine and nancy drew and of course every now and then you gotta love my girlfriend (laughs) which we'll talk about in a future episode but as far as, well, comparing it to that song, comparing it to Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend, which we will talk about in the future. <laughs> I was listening to this song and I'm actually like, this is kind of a perfect song in terms of like how Reliant K eventually had a lot more popularity and fame by, you know, the next four and, you know, each album and they had more mainstream popularity. Because mm-hmm. I listen to this song, I'm like, this is a really great kickoff song because it's not kickoff from the other album, but it's a great song to start the album for a number of reasons because like that the bass line's great the the hook is is amazing it's just fun but also like the message in this song especially compared to Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend which I which was you know Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend was the single and it was the song that was also on the demo All Work and No Play but Helen McFly is like a better opening because if anything it's it's sort of the message the the Christian message is a little less accusatory yes, which is something I, that's a lot I was going to say the exact same thing yeah. that that I think that that's why this, this is more is a introspective great song. yeah it is it's more about him to to get into the lyrics a little bit it's more about like him saying i made mistakes in my life and you know and i guess through the lens of this song it's like oh i've made i've sinned and i've upset god or whatever but it's really a universal concept it doesn't have to be a christian only concept like you make yeah. mistakes in your life and you want to go back in time and you want to correct them it's a pretty universal concept i mean some of this stuff so as far as like some other not just real and k but other like christian pop punk songs and other christian punk songs in general and other christian ccm music you know that type of rock it's like some songs can get very um accusatory of other people like yeah. or or like they're like this is the way you should be living but it's and, more and like, and actually Reliant K does have some of those songs yeah. which are like for instance the next track on the album <laughs> Is like a very accusatory That's song. That's what which I was I think, c- comparing, yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because this song, well, and I will say that, so for those of you who might be listening who only know maybe more current Reliant K, their, their first few albums were very Christian. Like this album is like way more Christian than I really realized at the time. They do have some heavier handed lyrics but I think because they mix it with like the fun metaphors and like wordplay that I think Reliant K is kind of known for, at least that's that's one of the things that I really love them for, that it, it sort of balances it out. And yeah, this is like a very like, so the theme of redemption and, and fixing the past is kind of a, like, a, like a reoccurring theme I've noticed in Reliant K lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the... Reliant K wiki, which is on fandom.com. And just to say off the bat, like, this is not a very diverse uh, wiki for Reliant K. It only covers the first three albums. It makes me wonder if, like, someone started this and it was like, <laughs> ah, these are either they started this and they're like, these are the only albums that matter, or 
they started this years ago and nobody else came along to to fill it out. I always thought that the concept of actions speak louder than words was like something biblical that was like maybe sort of just more universally understood but there is a <laughs> there is a scripture reference in the in the Reliant K Wikipedia Oh wow, we're going there. Well, I'm just saying I don't need to dig too deeply into this but it's like that it says that relevant scripture passages for the line because actions speak louder because the line actions actions speak louder than words can be related to do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves do what it says james 1 22 that doesn't really that's not no. actions speak louder than words it means you do that's that that bible verse is more sounds more like you yeah, actions speak Listen. louder than words is just kind of um, one of those sayings that's just been around yeah. forever. That's why I think this is a good, like, universal message yeah. of the song. Um, I have a good question for you, Jessica. Yeah? Do you ever wish you were Michael J. Fox? Man, all the time. I always thought it was kind of... I, I always wondered if it, it was kind of like, did they have to pick Michael? Because Michael J. Fox was the actor. Michael J. Fox didn't go back to the past. It was Marty McFly that went back to the past. That's true. So I was like, could he have said, like, I wish I was Michael J. Fox. I'd have sex with my aunt and then <laughs> do real good at business. Whoa. But he didn't do real good at business, Danny. I think that was part of part of one of the issues. You know what movie I'm talking about, right? Back to the Future? <laughs> no. What's it called? Is it The Sweet Smell of Success? What? Yes, the se- no, The Secret of My Success, 1987. Oh, you got me. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. No, I have. I saw it like on TV years and years ago, but there's like a premise, I think, where he like accidentally sleeps with his like aunt, uh, who I assume is not a blood-related oh, no. aunt. What year did that come out? 87. So like two years after. Oh, were they trying to do a thing? Where they're like, oh, we're going to do a thing. <laughs> he tried to sleep with his mom in the last movie. Yeah. He couldn't. It'll be funny. It's like a it's like a shout out. It's like a throwback. <laughs> it's like when you watch um, the last Fifty Shades of Grey movie and, no, I don't and Melanie Griffith's daughter gives Melanie Griffith's entire working girl speech. And you're like, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do that just because she is. Just because she's the daughter of the actress, you can't do that. It's so weird. I probably shouldn't talk about Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> you can talk about whatever you want. This is the best Christian so Fifty I... Shades of Grey podcast on <laughs> iTunes today. So I feel like I should I should explain myself. And also in a Why? little extra <laughs> a little a little deeper dive of getting to know Danny and I. We are really into bad movies. Oh, that's true. We we love... <laughs> that's news to me, but it's true. <laughs> we love... It's news to you. Yeah. Yeah. I forget things about myself all the time. That's what you have me for. I know. So we love, like, bad movies, and I specifically went to see Fifty Shades of Grey, not having read the books or anything, just to see the movies, and they are... They are, they are it's, not, it's not a great franchise. You know, you're telling me that it was a horrible movie, but actions speak louder than words, and you went to see it. <laughs> oh, man, you got me. You got me. Secret Fifty Shades of Grey stand over here. What were we talking about? We're talking about the lyrics to the song Helen McFly. You're right. Was there anything else from the lyrics that you 
is your favorite or anything you want to talk about from them? Well, I love that. So you, I'm on the the wiki page and I love that in the description it says that the song is two minutes and 49 seconds in length <laughs> and makes numerous references to the film trilogy Back to the Future, as the title implies. But like there's like two lines about Back to the Future in, in the whole song. That is true. I didn't even bother. I'm not even going to bother going to it, but it's the exact same thing on the genius.com. And Marty McFly does not go back to the future and clean up his act. No, he goes. Storyteller does. He waits waits two more movies and then he returns to the future to clean up his present. Yeah. 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 But we all know from Endgame that Back to the Future is bullshit. Wow. So. Do you want to get into to shoestring and all of the other uh, time travel theories? We had Let's so talk many, about it. We had so many conversations after so Avengers conversations. Endgame. I was like, no, time travel works this way. And she's like, no, time travel works that way. Listen, I just need Cap and Peggy to be together in every timeline. It's my OTP. I need it to happen. And then I suggested this idea that because it's parallel universe time travel, that the Captain America we see at the very end of the movie is technically a nearly identical Captain America from the neighboring timeline who also experienced the events of Endgame. And she's like, no, no, how dare you? They are the same Captain America. How would he even come back? He didn't have the pin particles. I mean, I guess in his timeline... He could get pin particles. He could get pin particles. Oh, no. I just... I need them to be get it together in every timeline, and I won't accept anything else. So, I went ahead and tried to look for interesting things online about this, and I guess we'll get a little better at this in the future. I tried looking for, like, blog posts, and I don't know if you would call them blogs in the year 2000, but, like you know, discussion boards about the song and stuff, which I definitely remember Mm. from the time, but couldn't find them nowadays. I did find some online covers and some (laughs) interesting YouTube videos, which I hope you'll like. I don't know how many of them are good for an audio podcast, but I just sent you a uh, Reliant K cover that is on SoundCloud. Okay. If you want to go ahead and play that. I'm excited. I have been looking forward to, uh, I've been looking forward to this. I was stirring up the hornet's nest and it finally got me stung Said I'd do the right thing, but the wrong was done It's over, excuse my grammar, but the fat lady sung And I wish I was Michael J. So what do you think of that? This is by Rob Crosley. That was really pretty. If there was a weird uh, jump in the audio, it's because 
I I'm the one who's kind of doing the um She's got the headset. I've got the headset. I'm the one who's monitoring and all of a sudden it just started blasting in my ears. <laughs> that was really nice. 7 years it. ago, nice little uh <laughs> nice little cover art where he's taking photos in the forest. Yeah. Um, it's very mad hoops of him. Let me see. So here's another cover if you want to see what you think of that one. All right. I've got four, by the way. Four legitimate covers. Oh, wait. What is this? This is not a cover of Hello McFly by Reliant K. This is not a cover of Hello McFly by Reliant K. But I kind of want to see where it's going. This is just... This is by Tiatu. Shout out. And I guess it's called Marty McFly Hello. I think it's just someone doodling on noodling on the guitar for a while for four minutes. That's great. I wonder I, if they use this in Roller Gator. <laughs> this does sound like the soundtrack to a David, not David Dakota. What was no. his name? <sighs> Hold on, I'm gonna. Fame director of Rollerblade, Rollerblade Blade Seven. Seven. I want to sound smart. <laughs> this does sound like a Donald G. Jackson. <laughs> I'm going to leave all that in, but yes, this does sound like a yeah. Donald G. Jackson uh, soundtrack. You can okay. stop that one. I didn't even mean to send that one to you because I found that and I didn't mean to actually give it to you. But there is. There's only one like full band cover, and I don't remember. This one is by Beatloaf. Let's see what Beatloaf has to do. Sweet name. With this song. Wait. Oh, wow. This is also not a cover. <laughs> So, there's a picture of this is of of a guy in his backyard with like a beer, and he's wearing one of those full body suits where like his, his face is covered in green, and then he's wearing maybe a, some sort of sports team hat and a sport a, coat. He's wearing a famous hat from uh, Travis Barker's company. Oh, okay. <laughs> It's like it's so creepy back here. This is also not a cover of Hello McFly. So, okay. Danny, Danny, you're fired. Good news. I only have two covers of Hello McFly. How is that good news? No, 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 I was looking forward to this. No, 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 wait. You know, I'm not a professional. I promised more covers. I'm not a professional. I'm almost positive this one is actually a cover and not just some random person's uh, SoundCloud clip. The team. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think with Fly. Think. WQTX, St. John's, Lansing. It's a great cover. That's the best cover of Hello McFly I've heard all day. Some other garbage is playing now. You could. T- <laughs> but it was timed so perfectly for your. Um... For, for my car crash. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of stuff on SoundCloud called Hello McFly, but only one of them is actually a cover. Now, are you going to believe me or not? <laughs> We're going to move to Bandcamp, and here's an actual cover. Fool me once, Danny. <laughs> shame on you. Fool you three times. Shame on you still. <laughs> That's a lot of victim blaming. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm looking at the art. Okay. This should be legit.
What do you think? <laughs> it's okay. Little off key, not as pretty as that first legitimate one I sent you. Not as pretty as the first you. one, yeah. Not as good as uh... um, the harmonizing was good. It was. That was nice. <laughs> it was. Sure. She's just too nice. Yeah, they yeah, did their they, best, but it's. They did. I I was actually so the um the album art for this on um on Bandcamp is, is the art for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It should be. <laughs> sure. It's it's a uh, it's a parody of the self-titled album, but with I guess there's four guys, which I didn't get out of there. I was like waiting <laughs> for all of them, but yeah, for sure. Princes of the Sun. Princes of the Sun. Now on Bandcamp from The there. one looks a little like you. Are you sure this isn't your band? You know what? Where was I the in guy 2013? Over, yeah, the guy over, I don't know, who is that? Dave Douglas? I'm not sure. Where's the actual one? Where's the real cover we got Where's here? The real cover? Yeah, I think that's Dave Douglas. Well, that's Reliant K, as interpreted by Princes of the Sun. And now I think I saved the best for last. Okay. This is Remy Felsch. Remy Felsch. Okay. With his album Reliant K Covers, Covers, spelled with a K. Nice. I love it. And he's uh, from Boston, Massachusetts. I love it when you change things for alliteration, especially when it's like a tattoo parlor, because it really makes me feel like you're going to do a great job. <laughs> Stirring up the hornet's nest and finally got me stung Said do the right thing, but the wrong was done It's over, excuse my grammar, but the fat lady sung And I wish I was my cool J Fox I'd visit the past, and then come back to the future pretty good he missed the it's the only electric it's the only like full bandish whether it's a full band or not it's the only like full electric version of the cover that i found uh-huh and he didn't do that yeah right yeah he just kind of like well well it's his interpretation it's his well no i leave interpreting i leave interpreting up to princes of the sun as well you should however remy posted this on my birthday Ooh. back in 2016. Happy birthday. So, yeah, there are things on YouTube, but I don't know how familiar you are with this concept of just guitar covers and bass covers mm. and drum covers. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole thing that I don't understand. I think it's more of a younger thing to say <laughs> guitar cover. And then you just take some creepy footage in your bedroom. No matter what, whether you're whether you're a tiny little kid or you're a creepy old man, you just take creepy footage in your bedroom. I think that's just a YouTube thing. I think that's been around since the dawn of YouTube. What creepy bedrooms? Well, yeah, uh, those have been around since the dawn of time. Creepy bedroom 
covers i'm pretty but to call it a cover because to me a cover means you actually record the song yeah but there's this thing on youtube where it's called bass covers guitar covers drum covers whatever and it's just you playing in your bedroom to the thing and they call it covering the song you're still covering the song i mean i guess you're covering the song but you're jamming out to the song you should be playing the song so you would prefer if they called them jams I would prefer it if they said... Hello McFly, bass jam. Bass jam. And then I'm going to market that term, and I'm going to sue anyone who uses it. I'm going to make the world dependent on it. So I can send you some of these, but like I said, they are just like tiny little boys in their bed- in their creepy bedrooms. Everything about that was creepy. <laughs> what, what I said or yeah. what I'm communicating? I'm just saying all of these these three that I found... They are all just like young children playing Reliant K songs, which is nice that, you know, young, <laughs> which is nice that young kids still like Reliant, old You're Reliant K songs. You're not making it better. You're I'm, not making it better. I will hold this. This will, I will go straight to the highest court and defend everything I've just said. Oh, this kid's good. Was he like nine? Oh, he's like bopping around. It's Christmas time. He's got his Christmas decorations out. Man, he's got a lot of bases. He must be a professional. Right? Seriously, this kid has three bases hanging from his wall, plus the one he's playing, and then an acoustic guitar next to him. And also, like, a bunch of really cutesy country-style... uh, Christmas decorations. Maybe one of his parents is a musician. Not that he... I don't think he could buy all this with his paper route or whatever. Maybe he can't. I don't know. He could be a very entrepreneurial young man. I sent you one... There's three, but I sent you one more just because I love I love this, this next creepy bedroom. <laughs> yeah, this bedroom is really creepy. He's got, he's got like... <laughs> He's got a Gods of War poster on his wall. He's wearing a Luigi hat. He's got, he's got like a press board wall, and he's been like writing on his door with a marker. It's fitting that he's dressed like Luigi for this video because this house is obviously haunted. (laughs) So, Jessica, when you listen to this song, do you think to yourself, this song needs, like, a dance interpretation, like, some sort of visual... Absolutely. Some sort of visual representation. So, like, when they're singing, it's a roll of the dice, you flick your hands like it's dice, a slip of the tongue, you... Move your hand across your mouth like it's a slip of the tongue. It's like it's a big, big house (laughs) with lots and lots of room, you know? You ever do that one in uh, vacation Bible school? No? Just me? All right, fine. (laughs) I think I know what you're saying. Oh. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, right. Uh, This is some sort of... Approval message. Yeah, it's approved. (laughs) 
So Jessica. <laughs> He's stirring up the hornet's nest. He literally was stirring up the hornet's nest. And then he got stung. And then there's a fat lady. Oh wow! And then like a crazy eye picture of Michael J. Fox. Jessica, did you ever find yourself at grandma's house and you just didn't know what to do with your day? And you're like, hey, she's got a computer. She's got a webcam. We can fill the time somehow. And would you please stop looking at his shirt? This is 100% some nonsense I would have done with my friends in high school. Because being the young aspiring filmmaker I was, I of course always had a camcorder strapped to my hand and was always making videos of some kind. And this was, this was before YouTube. Well, I guess YouTube was there, but it was not what it is now. And so thank goodness I did not know that you could upload something like that to the internet because that would just... (laughs) My future would have been much different, maybe. I don't You'd know. You'd be in a Spice Girls podcast sometime. Oh, man. That'd be great. <laughs> um, so, so then... Wait, Danny. Yeah. So I do have to... I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you. Oddly, this video, which I was looking at it, and I was like, man, I wonder if this... I, this has to be from like 2005. It's from 2006. But it was also uploaded on my birthday in 2006. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I think this song is somehow, like, convergent upon your birth. (laughs) Oh, man. Also on YouTube, there's just a ton. There have got to be at least eight music videos that people have edited together from footage of Back to the Future Mm -hmm. in varying degrees of... in varying degrees of success or not. Like, some just basically just plop down whole scenes Mm -hmm. and cut them occasionally. Right. Uh... They're all the same. But if you ever wanted to know the story behind one of those videos, one like if you ever watched, like, really, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of them. And you watch one of those Hello McFly AMVs set to Back to the Future. Right. And you're like, who makes these? Yeah. You can watch this video that I just sent you. It's only a minute long. Oh, okay. Tonight, to start things off. We're in a church with a bunch a of teens. Alright, why don't you uh, give us in about 30 seconds or less what you have and so how you pastor is sassy. Well, I have, um, you music... Can, you can hold the mic. I don't want to hold it for you. Well, I have a music video called Hell and Fly, um, song from, by Reliant K, um, and footage from Back Future. And if you want to see, you can, um, go on to YouTube, um, under the name Harvey Back the Beatles. And look, that, that's my, um, channel name. Or, if you want, you can look at, look, um, on my iPod later on. This kid's favorite director is Quentin Tarantino. He has modeled himself after Quentin Tarantino. He looks like Quentin Tarantino. Oh, that was it. That was it. Just introing it. I don't even know why they uploaded it. Well, the back so, basically, you have what is obviously some sort of Christian youth group 
some sort of little stage with a bunch of kids sitting around the floor looking up at the coolest effing pastor you have ever seen. He's wearing shorts. He's wearing a, a nice like taupe or like a light yellow sort of uh, polo shirt. Mm-hmm. He's got the coolest looking goatee you have ever seen. He looks like you. He looks like me. <laughs> Except- yes. He looks like me. Except he guides the youth. It says here on the video, at Friday night's Flood Expressions evening, Denton shares a video he edited involving Reliant K's Hello McFly and clips from Back to the Future. Except he didn't bring it in a playable format. So, if you want to watch it, you go back to that Friday night's Flood Expressions. You go back to the future. You go back to the past in 2010 and you check it out on, uh, on Denton's iPod. Because apparently that's the last place that it was available. Mm. And you know what? Zero likes, zero dislikes. I'm giving it a like. Thank you very much, Denton. Now we know the background behind all of those Back to the Future AMVs. So, Dan, I have a question for you. Yes. Have you ever wondered what this song was about? Have you ever thought, like, really deeply tried to decode the lyrics? Um... It's about going back to the past. Well, I have good news for you. (laughs) Okay. Yes, it is. But I discovered this website called Mm songmeanings.com where you can, like, it's like, I guess, like a message board type thing. It gives the lyrics and then you can put in your thoughts about what you think it's about. Okay. This was the first song by Reliant K I ever heard, and I'm glad it was. They have a sense of humor they use to get their point across, and I think it's awesome that they are so cool about it. It's so awesome of them to be able to show God is the cool cat he is. It makes me happy. And I said it sing-songy because it's H-A hyphen A hyphen P-P-Y. Who's this? Is there a name on this? There is Britners. Britners? You know what? I feel like they more concisely explain why this song is awesome than we were able to do in the last hour. Absolutely. Britners, if you are out there, please contact the pod. We've it, got to get you on. It's so funny mm. because I feel like this like the, this would have been a comment I would have made. This exact same <laughs> comment in 2002. I definitely would have been like, I'm glad that they were able to show God for the cool cat he is. Do you think Pharrell found that post and he was like, hey, I like this happy part, so I'm going to steal it for my... Minion song. Was that Pharrell? Absolutely. It was Pharrell. I know some pop music. I know that song. I know the Minions. <laughs> They're my favorite band, the Minions. Dog328 on June 20th, 2005 said, It's about a sinner wanting to go back and fix everything. <laughs> and I wish I was Michael J. Fox. I'd visit the past, then come back to the future when I'd clean up my act. I don't know what went through my head. Was my conscience shot? Was it left for dead? I said, I'm sorry, but no one heard. Because actions speak louder than words. Wow. And everyone remembers actions, and then words barely mean anything. And then after he made God angry, he still forgave him. I think I made God angry. Yeah, I'm sure that he's irate. (laughs) I don't know where we are anymore. Hold on, what? I just hope my remorse was not too little too late. This is beautiful. He should have been. He should have written this song. I gave him my track record. He gave me a clean slate. 
I'm forgiven and I'm living with no sin on my plate. Whoa. That's amazing. Wait a second. These are his words? (laughs) He he should sue Reliant K. I feel like... Oh, my God. I love that, like... The lyrics are posted above the thing. Like, it gives the, <laughs> yeah, like, the lyrics. And paste he the just lyrics. copied and pasted <laughs> and with, like, a little tidbit in there. He just had it. All he had to do was copy it over in his own handwriting, which goes back to Hello McFly. How? What are you? What am I going to hand in my your work? I don't put my, my, it's in my hand. You remember that classic line from Back to the Future? Hello McFly. Remember, I got to do my homework. You got to do your homework so I can copy it. Yep. So I'd ra- I'd like to actually read you what the um, what the band had to say, what they say oh. that it's about. Okay. It's about how Reliant K have been forgiven for their sins, yet they'd like to visit the past and go back to the future and clean up their act. It's really clever how they use the idea of Michael J. Fox and back to the future to get a Christian message across for themselves. And I said that was from the band because in 2007, it was posted by user Matthew15. Uh, could have been either Tyson or Hoops. It could have been both of them. Yeah. They share the account. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, when you share an account with like your spouse or your family members, you have your own email. You know, when you used to get MySpace messages from hot girls and they'd be like, hey, I'm using my friend's account. I just wanted to say hi. Check this link. Oreo underscore girl triple x on 2008 Uh on august 22nd 2008 said awesome song btw does anyone know what do they mean with hello mcfly is it about the mcfly band (laughs) i did i did learn about the mcfly band which i think i'd heard of before but never really checked out and i didn't think it was worth mentioning but thank you uh Oreo underscore girl, because G-U-R-L, triple X. It's definitely about the Hello McFly band. Reliant K was like, hello McFly, come exist after we've started our band. Well, don't worry, because Toby Hawkboys let uh, let Oreo girl know. Uh-oh, he's going to mansplain. It was about, yeah, he, 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 let, he let them know. Mm. Forget you, Toby Hawk. <laughs> One other thing I wrote down, but I don't know if we need to get into it, is this is in the top three Christian punk songs about Back to the Future because there is also 1985 by the Huntingtons and there is 1985 by Roper, which is the later project, although actually the later project of Five Iron Frenzy is Five Iron Frenzy. They're back together now. But the lead singer of Five Iron Frenzy... There are two other songs called 1985 that are not by... (laughs) Bowling for Soup. Bowling for Soup. That's funny you mention that. So the band Roper, which was the lead singer of Five Iron Frenzy after Five Iron Frenzy broke up in the early 2000s, right? Right. They start touring, but they're really tiny shows. And I go to see a Roper show when they come through Boston. And there's probably like not even 20 people there. I don't even know if their album was out yet. They only had one album. Maybe it was. But when I saw them, I was like, I maybe I was a little less uh, aware of myself then to just blurt this out when I talked to them later because, like I said, there were only 20 people there. I'm like, I'm like, are you upset that Bowling for Soup has a song called 1985? And they were like, they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was, oh, 
I feel like this I was podcast a curious is, boy. This podcast is gonna unearth so many cringy dance. I have stories. so many stories of talking to bands. They're not all Christian, but I have so many stories of talking to like Christian bands. So cringy. And embarrassing myself. Yeah. That is definitely not the only song of me embarrassing myself in front of Five Iron Frenzy. I think in order to be a Five Iron Frenzy fan, you have to embarrass yourself in front of them at least once. But I did do that, and they were like, oh yeah, and then, you know. But no, there are two songs called 1985, one by the Huntington's, one by Roper. The Roper song is a bit more like Hello McFly. It's just like a nostalgia. It's actually, it's, it's like a mix of Hello McFly and Bowling for Soup's 1985 because it's a song all about nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be great to go back to the 1980s when everything was cool? And you when go there to was the... Bruce Springsteen and Madonna way yes. before Nirvana. They mentioned Run DMC. Does Bowling for Soup mention Run DMC? Roper mentions they do not run the mc they're the kings of rock but what are and you shaking on the hood of white snakes car huh riddle me that i am i if if we've been having one more bowling for soup reference i swear to goodness this <laughs> podcast is canceled um they danny hates bowling for soup. i really hate bowling for he soup. really hates bowling for soup i i've 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 learned to forgive and forget and just forget that they exist but they, if I'm going to mention 1985, what can I do? But hey, the Huntingtons, they also have a song called 1985. And it's actually just like a summary of the first movie, which is more directly actually about Back to the Future. Because they're actually talking about the plot of the song. Well, I guess that about does it for discussing Hello McFly. But hey, Jessica. Yeah. So you know, mm-hmm. a podcast... About the song Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend will never be on Sadie Hawkins' pod. Period. You got me? Do you mean a discussion about the song Marilyn Manson Ain't My Girlfriend will never be on Sadie Hawkins' pod? That's what I meant. I don't know what I said, but that's what I meant. You know what artists don't do anymore? Skits. Plenty of uh, rap artists do skits. Oh, that's true. Which might be, since this was uh, Toby Mac, right, who does the little skit at the end, and he's a rapper. He's from DC Talk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, that uh, maybe he's, like, bringing some of that hip-hop flair into the first really Kay mm. album. It's like, let's do a little skit. Yeah. Uh, well, they do skits throughout throughout the their discography, I think. They do. Yeah. Um, you know what else they don't do in music anymore? They don't, you don't have a sweet melodic hardcore pop punk song, and then there's like a breakdown section. I don't know if you call it a breakdown, but there's basically like a guitar solo section. They start playing audio clips from movies, <laughs> like real heartfelt audio clips from movies, like from Bronx Tale and Outsiders and shit. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. They got to start doing that. They even did that in ska songs. They would just like, there'd be a little instrumental section and then you just throw in some audio clips from a movie. But yeah, at the end of this track, which I, I guess we got to talk about. I think if you want that, you have to go to like EDM now. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. House music. EDM is the new punk rock when you think about it. <laughs> People in their bedroom just making music, Hot doing take. it for themselves. Hot take. Podcasts are also the new punk rock. Everything's the new punk rock. But yeah, at the end of this track, we just talk about it real quick, is the little skit where I've always believed it's Toby Mac calling because he was the founder of Goatee Records mm-hmm. and he would be the name. So why would, you know, it would be fun to have him on. But I actually realized now, like, I don't have confirmation. It's always just an mm-hmm. assumption. And I don't really like DC Talk, so why would I know? 
But um, I don't. En- I, I like DC Talk. I don't enjoy them. But the point is, there's the little thing at the end, and it's pretty much because it was a CD. Like, that little skit should be at the beginning yeah. of the next song. Right. But the thing is, back in the day, you have negative... You, I don't know what you call them officially, but you had negative seconds in mm-hmm. tracks. This Like, you'd have to, you know, put the CD in, sort of look at the time, and you'd see track one has ended, track two has begun... And here you have negative seconds building up to the beginning of track two. But then when you get into the MP3 era, the MP3 apps had to decide what to do with those negative seconds. And typically they would throw them on at the end of the previous track. Mm. And I think that's where, and I didn't confirm this, but I think if we put in the Reliant K CD, you'd find that that skit is probably in the negative seconds of track two. Mm. Why don't we go find out right now? Fine. Pause the recording. Fine. I feel like with this song that it's it's on the end of track one. Like if you skip to track two, it's not there. Right. I feel like if you skip to track two, it it starts playing the song. The song. Yeah, it does. But I don't know that I can't confirm that. When I'm talking about the negative second thing, is you would skip to the next track, Mm -hmm. and it would skip the negative seconds that were programmed into the CD for track Mm -hmm. two. It would basically it is like this buffer, this buffer of seconds that is technically not a part of track one, but it's technically not a part of the. It's technically a part of the next track, but it would skip it if you skip to the song. But I don't think that. I just looked into it, and I don't think it's actually programmed for negative seconds. There used to be a thing in CDs if you'd have to have the right kind of CD player to do it. But you put the CD, you start track one, you immediately hit the rewind button if your CD has, if your CD player has a proper rewind button. Mm-hmm. And it would actually go into the negative seconds of track one. And there'd be a hidden track there. Fiverr oh, and Frenzy did one of those. They Might Be Giants did one of those. Less Than Jake did one of those. But you have to have a CD player that can actually figure out when you hit rewind on track one at the very hmm. beginning that there's negative seconds programmed into that first track. Interesting. Yes. Did Reliant K ever have a hidden track? I don't know. Reliant we'll find K out. Had lots of hidden tracks. I said I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out if you listen to future episodes of Sadie Hawkins Pod. Cause next week That's the hook. That's that what's gonna hook. get him. That is what's gonna get him. Should we tell him what we're doing next week? Sure. We're doing track now we were doing the first track of the first nine albums, which would be the first eight albums plus Birds and the B sides. Oh, I love Birds and the B-Sides. Tra- we realized right away that certain albums have these little short songs at the beginning. And we don't want to do a whole episode about those little short songs like Kick Off and uh, Plead the Fifth. So we're going to do Kick Off and Pressing On together for next week's episode. Already breaking the format. I know. There's no format. This is punk rock, just like Reliant K. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. Uh, don't forget to check out our Twitter which is Twitter, which is HTTP colon backslash backslash www.twitter.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. We have an Instagram, which is also Sadie Hawkins pod. You can send us an email to Sadie Hawkins pod at gmail.com. And if you want to send us a voicemail that we might play here on the show, you can call 402-95-SADIE. 402. What is that? That's Nebraska. Oh. <laughs> America's exotic. Heart. Exotic. Very exotic. If you're from Nebraska, give us a call. It's a local number. You won't have to pay extra. <laughs>
Yeah, I don't have to worry about those nights and weekends. Because you're completely out of daytime minutes. I guess I'll just have to wait alone till 8 o'clock comes around. 